0: <laughs> you guys look great see I told the early service that they, that they looked beautiful and they just kind of sat there like mm. kinda, I, just, I just complimented I mean you guys know how to take a compliment man y'all look great you really do I have on a red vest Okay, that's enough of that. All right. (laughs) I've been instructed to invite all of you to uh, the uh, wedding ceremony this coming Saturday between Samuel McLeod and Tricia Loyola. It'll be at three o'clock and we'll be here. You're invited. This is the Family Worship Center in Petros, Tennessee. And uh ooh uh, Jim, will you, will you, I, I didn't bring my little clicker up here. Yeah. Thanks. It's good to have a son-in-law. <laughs> See, I have one in each service and then and, and they sit on the front in case I need something. Uh I mentioned this last week. Two weeks from today, we're gonna we're gonna take up an offering to help them build a fellowship hall. Uh and that's what the that's what the church looks like, and it looks pretty nice. If you look closer, you'll realize it's actually pretty small. Uh, there's really only only three windows there. Uh, but uh, this is their youth room, and it's also where on the upstairs portion, and it has an upstairs portion, so they have their Sunday school classes. Uh, their current fellowship hall looks that's their current fellowship hall. Now uh, you may go well, why this? Church. I mean there, there are hundreds of churches all over Tennessee that that look very much like that. There's three reasons. One of the reasons is because uh, we know I know what's in this church. I, I know the deposit that's in this church. Uh, you, you know you can't you drive by a church you don't know you don't know if if, that's, if it's good, bad, what's going on or, or anything. I know what's going on in there is faithful. Has, has been faithful, has been solid for a long, long time. Uh, Barbie's mom pastors there. She's pastored for over 30 years in that church. And when you put... And I, I don't know, and I, you know, uh, but I, I would be shocked if... I'd be, so, I'd be shocked if she's received anything beyond a, a few expenses being reimbursed in those 30 years. And... Uh, She's just faithful. That's all there is to it. So that's one of the reasons why we're going to do it, because this is good ground. This is good soil. Number two, we have a special connect to that church for for a number of different reasons. If you went in that sanctuary, you would see the old pews that we had in the old sanctuary over here. Now, if for no other reason, we should help them build a fellowship hall for them taking those pews off of our hands. Actually, they look very good. Next week, you'll actually see a picture inside of it. Uh, But I want to say this, and I mean this in the very best way possible. Uh, We as a church owe a debt to them because Barbie's mother gave her daughter to us. and And I just believe that. I really do. When when I came here, my dad had pastored here, and, and uh, I didn't want to come. It was my parents very much wanted me to be here, and the Lord called us, and so that's why we came. Uh, I know that Barbie's mom would love for her to be there, but this is where the Lord has put Barbie, and yeah, I say hallelujah as well, but... At the same and, and and I know that her mom is like, you need to be where God wants you to be. But I also know as a mom where she'd really love for her to be, and what what I, But anyway, I don't want to go there because I don't want to see Barbie cry. <laughs> <laughs> the third reason why we're doing it is because I really believe is that God has told us to do it. So be praying over the next two weeks what you should give. If it's $5, if it's $500, if it's whatever it may be, find out what God wants you to do over the next two weeks. Be prepared. Don't just come that day and go, oh, be praying about it. We're going we're to talk about faith today, Jesus on faith. If there's anybody I'd want to hear or teach on it, it'd, it'd be Jesus. And so we're going to look at some of the things that he has to say. We're going to read a very short passage of scripture in Luke chapter 17, verses five and six. Would you stand with me? Now let's read this together. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life that's in your word. I pray that you would quicken our hearts, that we would... That we would receive life from what you have to say to us today. That we'd receive something that would last beyond Sunday morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you've been paying any attention to uh, the teaching in the charismatic camp over the last 30, 35 years, then you've heard a lot about faith. Faith is is basically a New Testament word. Uh, It's uh, mentioned over 225 times in the New Testament. It's only mentioned 15 times in the Old Testament. Uh, However, the Old Testament probably has the verse that kind of trumps everything, the the one that the New Testament sort of sprang out of, and that's in Habakkuk where it says that the the righteous will live by faith. Quite a concept for a a prophet who who was prophesying to a people who had grown up under the covenant of law. And even though the word faith is not mentioned a bunch of times in the Old Testament, the concept is definitely there. Uh, Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning because God said something, the devil said something, and they put their faith in the wrong one. That's That's why they sinned. That's why they disobeyed. Uh, Hebrews tells us that by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain. When you think about it, Abel, Cain brought this beautiful... He was, he was a farmer and he brought this beautiful organic uh, collection of vegetables and presented them to God. And I imagine he probably watered them down and stuff. They look good. They smell good. It was great. Adam, I mean, Abel brought up a, a stinky old dead lamb. He may go... Lambs are not stinky, they're cuddly and cute. No, lambs are stinky, and especially when you cut them open. And that's what Adam brought and set it on fire. And the reason I got to believe why he did that was on the day that Adam and Eve sinned, the first death took place. God slew an animal to clothe them and cover them. And it established the rule that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And so, both, Adam, uh, both um, Abel and Cain would have known that concept. And Abel, by faith, followed it. Cain, on the other hand, went, this looks a whole lot better. And God said, yeah, but I approve of that one. Because that one's got some faith behind it. By faith, Noah built an ark when God instructed him. Yeah, build a big boat. There's no water around here. Build a big boat. Yes, sir. By faith, I'll do that. And and it goes on to tell us that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Rahab and all of the heroes and all of the prophets of the Old Testament pleased God by faith through what they did. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. So every time you hear that someone trusted God or someone believed God or someone put their hope in God, what it's talking about is faith. The faith camp uh, teaching tends to isolate faith as if it were a a commodity and it's capable of doing things. Uh, And it is capable of doing things. And I have no problem... With an emphasis on faith, from the faith camp, I have no problem with people being encouraged to, to step out boldly for the Lord. I have no problem with people being encouraged to ask God for big things, for great things. That that teaching was definitely needed. Uh, the, the church in this country, 30 years ago in particular, but uh, even now to some degree, was kind of stuck in a rut where for the vast majority of Christians Being a Christian meant that you came to church, you sat down, you listened to somebody talk, you sang a song or two, you put some money in the plate and you, and you left. And that, that was what the faith had become. And so I have no problem with somebody coming in and messing with that and totally going, no, that's not it. God wants you to do great things. God wants to do great things through you. I don't have any problem with that teaching from that angle. I do have a problem with, with people, uh, with faith trying to be distilled and isolated as if it were a commodity that you could work on in and of itself, work, working on your, your faith. There, there is no Christian periodic table of the elements. There's, <laughs> there, there is no, uh, it's not a matter of you've got all of these individual individual elements that you've got you got your faith you got you got your your hope element you got your your peace element you know you can combine them together into certain things uh uh none of them work in isolation all of them always work together if you don't have hope you don't have any faith period if you don't have any faith you don't have any peace. If you don't have any peace, you don't have any joy. I mean, these things cannot be, there's no way you can rip them apart and tear them and separate them from each other. They they all function. They all all work together. They all complement one another. If you don't have perseverance, you don't have faith. If you don't have faith, you can't have perseverance. I mean, you, you, there's just there's no way to separate them and go, let's work on this one now. No, they all work in concert. This is, a, this is a symphony. This is not a solo. And also, the teaching that Jesus gave today essentially was a teaching that let us know that the amount of faith is not the issue. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Increase our faith. We we need more faith. And Jesus basically said, no, you don't. If you've got faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, which proverbially is a, a tiny thing. If you've got a tiny bit of faith, then you can make trees do something you've never seen trees do before. You can make them uproot and go jump in the sea. I mean, just a, just a tiny little bit of faith can do that. It's not a matter of needing more faith. What you need to do is use the faith you got and do, do something with it. Faith, faith is, a, is, is the seasoning that makes the meal. It's not the meal itself. Faith is not an object. Faith is, not a, is, is never to be the object of our desire. It's not a matter of... And this is this is snuck into the Christian vocabulary. I need more faith. I'm desiring faith. No, you don't want faith. You want something that faith can get you. You want peace. Peace is something you want. You know? Joy. <laughs> I, I like joy. I, I, joy is something that you want. You want love. You know but faith just by itself just just kind of hanging out out there you know no the reason why you want more faith is because there's something else that you want so it it, it in itself is not is not an object of our desire is not something that's supposed to be an object of our desire i want to look at two major questions here that kind of go along with uh, with the faith issue and the first one is why doesn't faith seem to work sometimes because we've, we've got this concept, uh, through some of the teaching that we received, we've received, we've come to this concept that faith is supposed to work. That it either works or it doesn't work in much the same way that a light switch either works or it doesn't work. Yeah, you know, it, it either does what it says it's going to do or it doesn't do what it says it's going to do. The question is, what does it say it's going to do? Uh, Mark chapter 11. Verses 22 through 24 say this, have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he has says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I hope y'all still love me after I get through with this, but let's go there. Uh, because a lot of times people have pulled this 24th verse out of context and gone, this is it period end of thing. You want something, you believe, you pray for it. You get, you get, you get your faith there. And if it doesn't happen, then one of two things has to be true. Either God has failed or you just didn't have enough faith. I mean, you ever heard that? Okay. If you hadn't, I'm happy for you. But a lot, a lot of you have heard it, and a lot of you've even believed it. A lot of you've even gotten to the point where you go, "Well, I prayed for him and 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 he died anyway," or "I prayed for for her and and she didn't get well," or I, "I I prayed for that and and I didn't get it. I just must not have had enough faith." There are caveats. There are modifiers that go along with this verse. I promise you, there are. There are two things that that that. You have to understand, first, one has to do with the will of God, God's will. The second has to do with with common sense, okay? Let's let's apply both of them to this. And since common sense is not as important as the will of God, let's look at it first. Anything that you believe, you'll receive it. All right, today, let's say (laughs) down here in Tennessee, Somebody's really believing that the Titans are going to win this football game. Now, you know, you, you laugh and it is kind of funny, but truth of the matter is, there, there's, I bet you there's somebody and the, how ironic that I said, I bet you, because that's probably why, but I'll bet you that there's somebody who's really believing and praying that the Titans win this football game. Now, let's go way off to a foreign country called Ohio. <laughs> you know, and, and there's, there's probably somebody up there, especially kind of in the northeastern part of the, of the state, who is fervently believing and fervently praying that the Browns are going to win this football game. <laughs> boy uh here's the thing i mean i am just i'm just saying they ain't both gonna win and i don't really believe that it's going to depend on which one had the most faith that was asking god to let their their team win you know i i I don't want to well yeah i do want to mess with somebody's theology but i'm just telling you they can't both win Let's let's, uh, you know, sometimes I, I set something up and I put it in a, in a slide and then I think then I don't think about it anymore. So that when I get to it, I won't chicken out because it's already there. What about if you want another man's wife? And you really believe. And you really ask God. you going to get it. If so, it isn't going to be because God gave her to you. Just that simple. This last uh, couple of weeks, I've been reading a book about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he was a leader of, the, uh, of the, the church in Germany during the, <clears throat> the rise of the Nazis to power. And I promise you that there were people who were believing and praying in faith for Nazi victory in World War II. So let's understand there is a modifier on this particular passage. And the main modifier is the will of God. My favorite passage when it comes to, you know, getting what you want and being able to do stuff. My favorite passage is over in John. Of course, just about all my favorite passages are over in John when you get right down to it. But John 14, 12 through 14, it's talking about, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Wow. He will, do it even, he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Double wow. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Okay, this is, this is strong. This is heavy stuff. This is strong stuff. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Wow. What kind of things did Jesus do? Well, he, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. He, he, he stilled the storm. He cast out demons. I mean, he, was, he did some pretty incredible things. It says there that whoever has faith in him will be doing the same things. Did he do anything else though? Well, let's see, he only did what he saw the father do. And he only said what he heard the father say. In other words, he was completely and totally in sync with the will of his father, with the will of God in every situation. See, when Jesus walked into a situation, he didn't walk in, and necessarily just, just all of a sudden hit it and boom and go, you know, I think I'll do this and wow, that looks like that needs doing over there and I believe I'll do that one too. No, uh uh-uh. When Jesus walked into a situation the first thing that would always happen is what do you want to do here? What is it that you want done here? In this, I'm your vessel. I'm, I'm listening. I'm watching. And if we were to step into situations and our first instinct and our, and our had been for years because Jesus didn't start doing this stuff. You know, when he was like four, he, he walked with God for had been for years to find out what the will of the father is. I think we get the same results he got. Because we tend to think that, oh well, he got it happened for him because he was God. No, it happened for him because he had faith and he was totally linked into the will of God. That, that's why it happened. And, and now let me just say a, a word or two about this, you know, knowing the will of God and having having the, being perfectly aligned with the, with, with the will of God. Uh, you know how, how do you how do you know God's will? Uh, God's, knowing God's will is not primarily about. Seeking Him for whether or not you should move to Africa. It's not primarily seeking Him for whether or not you should buy this new car. You know God's will. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Doing that one? It's His will. For you to love one another. It's His will for you to be in relationship with with His Word. It's His will for you to avoid sexual immorality. It's it's, it's His will for you to talk to Him every day. that's, That's the will of God. And as you do that, then moving to Africa and buying the car, you're already there. You're already in sync. He, he already, you're already able to hear and, and, and listen from him. So that, and, and they'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now we, uh, we've kind of taken this thing about uh, in Jesus name and went, we got that one. That's the tagline to prayer. That's what you put at the end of a prayer. That's peace out. You know, it's in Jesus' name. I'm going now. Yeah, kind of thing. No, that's not what that is at all. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray with Jesus' authority, is to carry his authority somewhere. Let me me give you an example. Um, I just went backwards, didn't I? Okay, I'll give you an example now. Yeah, let's say everything inside that big green circle is Jesus' will. That's what's represented. And somebody's inside of Jesus' will and they're praying in Jesus' name. Woo, That's bringing it. And then you got somebody who's not in that circle. One of these things is not like the other. If I give you my credit card, it has my name on it. If I give you my credit card and I tell you, take this and go fill your car up with gas. And you take it and you go to the gas station and you, you swipe that that sucker and you, and you fill it up with gas. Yes. I mean this is, this is such a blessing and, and you're, you're moving in my name you're moving in my authority you got my credit card and then on the way back you stop at Kohl's and you buy yourself a whole wardrobe of clothes you're no longer moving in my authority you have co-opted my name for your own selfish desires and you're a thief that was pretty good wasn't it yeah I, I like that in Jesus' name, in my name means you carry my authority, but you only carry my authority if you know my will. First John, it's not the only place he says it. First John, I mean John sixteen twenty three. And that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. First John three twenty one. 22, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and we do what pleases him. We're we're walking in sync with him. We're we're in his His will. Uh, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask from him. You know, there's, there's five or six verses that I've, that I've pulled out that re- talk about receiving anything you ask for. But every single one of them has that qualifier in his name, according to his will. Do what pleases him. See, God, God is a good parent. God is a good parent. And there are, there are times when there's something that we want that we truly think would be very good for us. And it's not. And he's just not going to let us have it. No matter how long we cry, no matter how, how hard we stomp the floor, no matter what a, a fuss or a scene we put up. Because you can't manipulate him. He's a good parent. And he loves us. Last point. How to build your faith. Okay, well, if you, you know, how, how does your faith become strong? It's not a matter of necessarily having more. How do you make it strong? What happens? Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 17 says this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith must have an object. It isn't an object. It has to have an object. It's a modifier, and the, God's Word is the prime object to which we attach our faith. However, just listening to the Word will not build your faith. This verse is not saying that if you will you know, listen to, to Scripture 24-7, your faith will become stronger. Now, if you listen to Scripture 24-7, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Now, oh, that's a good thing. <clears throat> and in fact, if you've got a particular thing going on in your life, it's a very good thing to be reminded of what God has said concerning that particular thing. Uh, that's, that's a much better thing to have stuck in your head than what people often have stuck in their heads. I uh, woke up this morning and, you know, we just finished the, the musical Annie. And uh, I woke up this morning. With the, with the Hooverville song in my head. We'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover, for really showing us the way. And I woke up, and I said, this is Sunday. This is not right. I should not be thinking this. But it wouldn't go away. And, and on the way to church, I'm going, I've got to preach. You know, but, uh, and, and, and I'm driving down Rock Springs Road. I've got to thank you, Herbert Hoover. Oh. This is the devil. I know it is. So, so it's good, you know, it, it's good to get the right stuff in your head, you know, chase the wrong stuff out of your head, but that's not how your faith gets built. That won't build your faith. There is no shortcut to building faith. There, there's not... Because oftentimes we kind of treat this like, okay, you're, you don't have... You don't, your faith is weak, but... We know how to get you there in, in, in five hours. Uh uh-uh. uh. Doesn't work like that. There are two people that Jesus commended for having great faith. One of them was a Roman centurion in uh, Matthew chapter 8. Uh, came to Jesus. He had a servant who was ill at the point of death. Most of you know the story. Jesus, will you come and heal my servant? Jesus goes, yeah, I'll do that. He goes, wait, no, you don't even even need to come. I'm not worthy to have you come under my house. But I'm a man under authority. I've been operating under authority for years. When my commanders tell me to do something, I do it. And when those under me, I tell them to do something, they do it. And I know how this stuff works. And all you got to do is just send the word and it'll do it. And Jesus went, wow. Wow. I haven't seen faith like this anywhere in Israel. This is great faith. How'd this guy get great faith? Did he join the military thinking, if I join the military, my faith will grow? You know, he didn't take, you know, faith 101, faith 201, faith 301. Now he's, you know, in in the upper echelons and everything. He didn't even know he was working on his faith. He was learning about authority. He he was learning how that worked. And and he comes to Jesus and the next thing you know, Jesus is going, you've got great faith. Really? I didn't know. Matthew chapter 15 was the other one. And this was a Canaanite woman came to Jesus and her daughter was demon possessed. And she came begging Jesus to cast out the demon and, and heal her daughter. Now, you know, think about this. Those of you who've who've had kids and, and maybe your kids are grown now or maybe you're right in the middle of this. You know, while your kids were growing up, did they ever have it like any like night terrors or anything? And, and uh, uh, you had, they, they'd scream and cry and, and all in the middle of the night and everything. Yeah, and it You know, you feel like I love them, but this is killing me on a whole bunch of different levels. First of all, I don't seem to be able to comfort them and do anything for them. Second of all, I need some sleep. I'll imagine 24-7 and it's happened not just for a few weeks, not just for a season in this girl's life, but it's... It's been happening and been happening and been happening. So you can imagine what kind of a state this mother was in when she came to Jesus. Now, she was a Canaanite. When she came to Jesus, Jesus didn't even reply to her directly. The the disciples finally had to say, Hey, send her away. She's bothering us. Oh, what love. And Jesus said to them, but in her hearing, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's not right to take the children's food and give it to their dogs. And She hears it. She goes, yes, Lord. But even the dogs get to eat what falls on the floor. And Jesus goes, wow, woman, you've got great faith. Go, your daughter's healed. How'd she get great faith? She she wasn't a Roman centurion. She hadn't been taking faith classes. She was desperate and she loved greatly her daughter. And this was the only, so much so that she refused to be offended, absolutely press in. She wasn't trying to have great faith. She was trying to do something else, and faith showed up. The Roman centurion was trained in something else, and faith showed up. See, I told you earlier, there's no Christian periodic table of the elements. You can't necessarily isolate faith, and okay, we're going to work on our faith right now. It's because faith doesn't become strong that way. Faith becomes strong as we... If you want want great, strong faith, don't aim for faith. Don't aim for how can I increase my faith and strengthen my faith. Aim for how can I be more like Jesus? How can I become like Him? What, what, What needs to happen in my life for Jesus Christ to be seen? If you will do that, then there will come a time in your life when... Something will definitely be needed and, and God can only look at you and go, wow, you got great faith. Go, really? When did that happen? Happened as you continued to walk. I've got a friend uh, named Bruce Newman. Uh, Bruce and I were roommates in college and out of college and uh up until I got saved we were we were pretty we were pretty pretty thick and uh I got saved and that changed the whole dynamic but uh still love Bruce great great friend don't get to see him too often he actually lives in Atlanta but he spent the last year in China uh in fact he's there right now he's uh, and he writes a blog about his, his China stuff and uh, he wrote a blog last week he kind of veered off of the the China stuff and he wrote a blog about uh, the kind of people that God hangs out with. And uh, he was, the point he was making was that God's probably okay, but uh, bad company corrupts good character. And, and some of these people that, that God hangs out with, they're pretty bad company. And he's referencing particularly Abraham, and he's referencing um, David and some of, the, some of the stuff he did, and Moses and some of the stuff he did. And in talking about Abraham, I, mean, I felt compelled to respond to him. And so, you know, I did. And of course, the major point that I was making is, isn't this good news? Because, you know, God God accepts scoundrels and he's got me. And I think he would take you. I'll put in a word for you if you. If you <laughs> but he... Uh, But in talking about Abraham, he was talking about the the situation where Abraham had lied about Sarah being his wife because he was afraid that that the guys might kill him and take her. And he he asked the question, he said, how can can a guy uh, who has enough faith to offer to sacrifice his son to God, not have enough faith to trust God for when he goes to visit somewhere, and so he doesn't have to lie about his wife. And I, and I told him, I said, Bruce, here's the thing. The incident, in fact, there were two incidences where Abraham lied about his wife. Uh, and he kind of got him mixed up, but I sorted him out. Uh, that happened at least uh, 10 or 15 years and maybe even as much as 30 or 40 years before he went to sacrifice Isaac. The point is, the kind of faith you have now is not the kind of faith you're going to have 30 or 40 years down the road. Because faith doesn't happen in five hours. It happens, I mean, there, there, there's the gift of faith spoken of in First the, in the, uh, Corinthians chapter 12. And I believe now that's a supernatural thing. That's where God just comes along and goes, boom, and all of a sudden you find out that you can do something that you never could have dreamed you would have been able to do 10 minutes before. But that's, that's, that's the extraordinary thing. The, the kind of faith that we carry is a faith that is developed day by day, month by month, year by year, decade by decade. And it comes not from pursuing faith. It comes from pursuing Christ. And as we pursue him, faith happens. Would you stand with me? Would those who are going to pr- pray with people uh, come down front? This is, a, uh, this is one of the reasons why we come together. We come together to worship together. I mean, boy, worship was, was really good today. It was really strong. And it's not something you can, you can get. I mean, you can get a different quality, but you can't get what we had here today driving to work in your car by yourself. You just can't. So we come together to do this. You know, we come together to hear the word, and, and you know, and they're probably better, better uh, teachers than me, that just not better looking. Uh, that was a joke, uh, but you knew that, didn't you? Uh, but there's there's something about it being live. There's something that's a different quality from television or CD or online or anything. Those are good, but there's a different quality about it being live. And then. Uh, We also come together because uh, there's just times you need a believer to touch and believe with you and pray for you and take you to the throne with them. So if you need something, if you don't know Christ or if you just have a need in your life, uh, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, whatever, need, you come. Uh, That's what this time is for. It's a special time of grace. It's available right now. We're going to worship for a few moments. We'll wait for you. You come. You hold my hand. Connects to the sermon. I'm not saying, and don't think that I'm saying that if you don't know for sure what God's will is, don't pray. No, go ahead and pray. Go ahead and ask. Have at it, by all means. That's one of the ways you begin to learn God's will. It's one of the ways you begin to, to, to hear His voice. So, you know, yeah, ask for it. Press in. Go. Do it. Secondly, we've got several people next week who are going to be baptized. If you need to be baptized, if you've given your life to the Lord, but you've never followed Him in obedience and water baptism, then uh, if you'll contact me or one of the pastors this week, we'd love to, love to baptize you as well. So raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent His Son into the world to show us what, what God's like and who sent his spirit into the world so that that life may be manifested in us may it be manifested in you may you may you truly live out the love and the grace and the mercy and the joy and the compassion of Jesus Christ in Jesus name (laughs) amen